0: From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. Welcome back once again to The Revealing. Uh, We thank you for joining us. Uh, My name is Robert Engel, um, and I am here with, uh, once again, my good friends and brothers, uh, in ministry and in the Lord uh Frank Salvaggio, Chris wing and uh, we are joined once more uh, with Jim or by Jim Martin um guys how's it going today good good how are you doing doing well thank yeah, you all right all You're right good. good good to have you once again um well we were talking about uh Daniel's 70th week last episode and um, I think we originally planned to uh, try to get that done in two episodes, but um, we were kind of following some trails and, and kind of got on some things that were important, uh, but we didn't cover as much ground as we were thinking we would. So uh, we're looking at maybe extending that uh, by an extra episode. So we were in part two of of hopefully three that uh, we, we are uh, endeavoring to um, to undertake this. Um, so, so if you weren't a part of that or maybe if it's been a few days or you've forgotten um, just in the way of review – Uh, Last episode, we uh, went to Daniel chapter 9, where we uh, just read that passage there in verses 24 through 27, um, where we find um, that prophecy. And uh, we just spent a good bit of time, um, we didn't even really get into the passage itself per se, Um, that's what we're going to be doing today. We uh, really talked about the importance of the context uh, of what that chapter is, Daniel chapter 9, how it is... um, relative and specifically uh, Jewish, and uh, we just talked about the importance, the implications of that, and and, and we also, kind of towards the end of that episode, if I recall, we uh, talked about um, a little bit about God's prophetic calendar and, and likening that to the seven feasts of Israel, and and man, it's just an amazing thing. Uh, if, if you haven't been able to get your head wrapped around that or, or really even heard that, uh, we encourage you to go back and listen to that and, and just see... Um, for yourself, um, again, we said it last time. You know, man on his best day could not um, just make something up like that. Uh, just the things that that we have been able to see uh, unfold from a biblical standpoint, um, and how God has been just right on the money one hundred percent of the time uh, is just an amazing thing. Uh, and, and why shouldn't he be? He's, he's God. Yeah. Uh, but it just really, even for, I, I think, the um, the skeptic, I mean, it just has to make you raise your eyebrows and say, hmm, maybe there's something to that. And, and so um, I'm excited to, to get into uh, phase two here, um, and, and we're going to um, be doing some uh, scripture comparison, uh, as we often do on this podcast. Uh, but let's start by uh, looking at this 70-week prophecy in a little more detail Um specifically in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. So uh, just for time's sake, uh, I'm not going to read through that uh, again. Um, we'll keep referencing that, But if you have your Bible and, and hopefully some notes, uh, please do continue to reference those. Uh, but but uh, Pastor Frank, I'm going to throw it to you for a minute um, to uh, kind of talk to us a little bit about that uh, 70-week prophecy.
1: All right. So as we talked about last time, uh, we need to make sure we understand that this is uh, obviously written to the Jews. Um, so with that being said, I think we I think we did a good job of of, of making that point and and proving that point uh, last time. So let's take a look uh, and start breaking down the passage here. Uh, you know, it starts off by saying seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Uh, so again, uh, remember Daniel's praying, Gabriel comes to him uh, through the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, Daniel understood that 70 years uh, was the amount of time that uh, Israel was supposed to be in captivity to Babylon. And uh, so the captivity to Babylon is now over. Media Persia has taken over Babylon, and Daniel's trying to figure out why uh, Israel is still in, uh, in captivity, if you will, and why it got transferred to Media Persia. And so that's why he's he's making supplications and asking for forgiveness for the nation of Israel, and so that's when uh, God sends Gabriel to Daniel because uh, he's beloved, and uh, he gives him the uh, the answer to the supplication. Uh, again, uh, when is Israel going to be forgiven for their sins? When is Israel going to uh, be the uh, the king the, the kingdom that was? promise to them? When is the Messiah going to uh, come and sit on the throne? When is it, When are these things going to happen? The 70 years of Babylon's over. Why hasn't it happened? Gabriel then gives them this 70-week prophecy. Now, um, notice it says 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. Again, Daniel. Who would be Daniel's people? Israel. Israel. Okay, so and upon thy holy city. What what would be that city? Jerusalem. Okay, so uh, if we don't leave the context of the passage and we let the passage tell the truth, uh, you can't fit anything else in there. Mm. You can't put the church in there. You can't put Rome in there. You can't put the United States in there. You can't put Washington or I've heard some crazy stuff, man. And as soon as you do something like that, you now become the authority over the Bible. And you can insert anything in there. I could put Orlando, Florida in there and say it's Disney World. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that I'm not right? Well, that's just your interpretation. Yeah, well, no mm-hmm. prophecy of the scriptures for any private interpretation. Let God interpret his own book. So there's no doubt thy people is Israel and thy holy city is uh, Jerusalem. Okay, because that's what the first 23 verses uh, are all about. Uh, Daniel praying uh, for the supplication of, of, of Israel and Jerusalem. All right, now it says that 70 weeks are determined upon Israel and upon Jerusalem to do what? To finish the transgression. Well, what was the transgression? The transgression was Israel disobeyed God and his his, uh, commandments, hence the reason why they're in captivity right now. Back in Deuteronomy, God warned this would happen if you do this. And so there's the transgression. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, the nation of Israel— Uh, In 923 B.C., somewhere in that area, uh, just after uh, King Solomon's death, uh, split into two kingdoms, the Northern Kingdom of Israel and the Southern Kingdom of Judah. Uh, Then in 606 B.C., the Northern Kingdom of Israel fell into captivity to Babylon. Babylon, And in 587 B.C., the Southern Kingdom of Judah fell into captivity to Babylon. And from that point until 1948... Mm. Uh, Israel was uh, removed from their land, allowed back into the land, removed from the land, whatever, uh, for for twenty five hundred years. Uh, uh, but the one, the key thing we need to understand is, anytime Israel may have been in their land, uh, is regardless of the point because they were subject to somebody else. In other words, the Medio Persian Empire was in power. They were in they, captivity. The, right. right. The, the Grecian Empire was in power. The Roman Empire was in power. They were always subject su- subject to somebody else. And that, that held true until 1948, okay? Um, which is in our lifetime, by the way. Uh, well, maybe not ours, but... Recent history. Recent history, <laughs> okay? All right, so now, now notice the transgression is Israel being removed because of their transgression... They were removed from their land. They were removed from their holy city, and that's the problem. This is what Daniel's praying about, okay? And and now what God is, is, is doing by sending Gabriel is he's giving him skill and understanding to let him know this is when Israel is going to come back into their land again, and this is when Messiah is going to come, and this is when your kingdom is going to be restored to you. That's the answer to the problem, okay? And that's what he's giving them because he says to make an end of sins. Okay. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that this prophecy has been fulfilled and in, 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 uh, the Roman Catholic Church would say it. The Seventh-day Adventists would say it and, yep. and some other, they'll say that Daniel's 70-week prophecy has already been fulfilled. Uh, okay. Do people still sin, Jim? I think they do. Robert? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, obviously, the... The end of sins hasn't happened yet. To make reconciliation for iniquity. Is hmm. the reconciliation has there been reconciliation for iniquity of Israel yet? Nope. Nope. And to bring in everlasting righteousness. Nope. I think I think I think the one that's going to bring in everlasting righteousness is the King of Kings. Yeah. The Lord of Lords yep. when he returns and sets up his millennial kingdom. To seal up the vision and prophecy. So it's right there, we're already looking at these things going, okay, these things haven't happened yet obviously. To anoint the most holy. Is Jesus sitting on the throne anointed? Nope. Nope. Okay, so so right there, we, we can't even get out of verse 24 without understanding, uh, wait a minute, something something's going on here. This has not happened yet. There's still a future fulfillment going on here. So to come to this passage, and the way you'll do this is if you do make it the church, (laughs) that's how you'll try to show fulfillment of this passage. Problem is, this isn't the church. This is Israel and Jerusalem, and these things have not taken place yet. Um, uh, Israel hasn't been, uh, Romans chapter 11, Israel hasn't been uh, uh, redeemed yet, if you will, delivered yet. Uh, uh, Time of Jacob's trouble hasn't taken place yet. Okay? So then he goes on to say, know therefore and Understand. Don't just know about it. Understand this, that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. Why? Who's coming? Yeah,
2: yeah, the Messiah. The mm-hmm.
1: Messiah, the prince, mm-hmm. shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublous times. And so let's stop right there and let's break that down. Okay. So the first thing we want to understand is, okay, what what is up, what is up with all this week stuff? Mm-hmm. Seventy weeks. What, what what is he talking about? Mm-hmm. The way the the uh, the Israelites and the way uh, um, the Jews understand weeks is is is, is uh, the important piece of understanding this passage. And God defines it for us in His own book, like He would, so that we don't get this thing messed up. Okay, so what he's not what we have to understand is when he's talking about weeks, he's not talking about seven day in a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when he says uh, seven uh, seven weeks, he's not talking about forty nine days. Okay, what he is talking about is forty nine years. Okay, a- and and you say, well, what talk? how do you know that? What what makes you think that? What what gives you that uh, impression? Well. Uh, if you were to go back to Genesis 29, yeah, okay, uh, and you were to uh, understand that Jacob, uh, again, Jacob, by the way, his name gets turned to what? Uh, Israel. Israel. Oh, that's right. Okay, uh, Jacob uh, is 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 working, if you will, in the fields for uh, Laban's daughter Rachel. Mm-hmm. He 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 sees this beautiful girl. Jacob does, and he falls in love with her, and he wants to marry her. And, and there's a dowry price that has to be paid, and the dowry price that was to be paid was that the, Jacob had to work uh, in the field for uh, seven
0: years, Years, That's
1: right. one
0: week. A week. Okay,
1: and you say, well, how do you know that? Well, verse 29, verse 18 says, and Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve the seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And then in verse 27 and 28 says, Fulfill her week, and you will give this also for the service which thou shalt serve with, with me yet seven other years. Okay, so by allowing scripture to define itself, we find out that the way the Jews see weeks is actually in years. Mm-hmm. So each week in this 70th week prophecy is actually seven years. Mm-hmm. So if you have 70 weeks, you have 490 years. years. Okay. Now we're starting to put some puzzles, uh, pieces of the puzzle together. Okay. So it says that um, from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. Why? Messiah is coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, we can make that up what we think when that commandment was made and we can do all that stuff or we can just let the Bible do, 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 do its thing. Okay. And certainly, the Bible does its thing, okay? Because if you were to go to Nehemiah chapter number two, again, the, the whole purpose of the book of Nehemiah is the rebuilding of Jerusalem. When Babylon uh, took over uh, Jerusalem uh, it, 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 and in Israel, it destroyed the city and it destroyed the temple. Uh, that, that Solomon's temple got destroyed. Hence the reason why Haggai is commissioned to uh, 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 rebuild the temple and Zechariah uh, are recommissioned to build the temple. And that's the the second temple is the one that gets uh, refurbished, if you will, by Herod. And hence we call it Herod's temple. That was a temple that was standing when Jesus came. Mm -hmm. Okay, so but that temple is not standing right now. What is what is it's been destroyed and Jerusalem is lying in ruins at the time of Daniel's prophecy here in in, in Daniel 9, okay? So there's going to come a time, as Daniel's prophecy says, where there's going to be a commandment to go and restore Jerusalem. When that commandment is given, that's when the 70-week prophecy begins, okay? Does that, is, is that, does that make sense, guys? Yep.
2: Yeah. So in other words, that's when the clock starts. That's when God is hitting the clock and saying, now it's on my timetable.
0: And that's what we mean when we talk about in this episode and in the last one, when we use that phrase, God stops time, right? We're not literally talking about time stand still. He stops counting from it. from Yeah, from a biblical, prophetic, his timetable. That's what we're talking about.
1: And the timetable always, let me repeat, his timetable, his timetable always is the epicenter of Israel. Mm-hmm. That's what it's focused on. Israel is the epicenter. So when you're talking about the end of the world, it has nothing to do with America. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with Russia. It has nothing to do with China. It has no- Israel. There's your focus. Put your focus on Israel. Watch what's going on with Israel, and then you'll know where we are on God's time clock. Okay? Yeah. So Nehemiah, chapter 2, it says this, uh, verse 1. And it came to pass, look at how great God is, <laughs> in the month
0: Mm Hmm. Nissan.
1: Now, if you were, if you listened to our last episode, we talked about that Passover feast,
0: Exodus twelve,
1: right? And what, what month? What, 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 on the tenth of what month? Nisan mm-hmm. Okay, so something's going on here. In the look at how God's beautiful. God doesn't mess around. God knew from historical records we would know when the twentieth year of our taxes their king was. Isn't it interesting that it gives us the exact time frame that we need? So in the in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of our Artaxerxes the king, uh, Nehemiah says that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now, I had not been before time sad in his presence. So, uh, Nehemiah was the uh, wine uh, taster for the king. You know, that way if the wine's laced with some kind of... Right, he was the cupbearer.
3: Yeah, yeah, he was the yeah.
1: cupbearer. So, if there was something wrong with the the wine, uh, Nehemiah the would drop dead. Right. <laughs> no, okay, so we all get it. But 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 the king is noticing that Nehemiah is, you know, got a sad presence about him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before we move further, let's understand something. Artaxerxes was a Medio Persian king that reigned in his beginning of his reign. And secular history backs this up. Okay, began in four sixty five BC. All right, pretty easy, right? Easy enough. Secular history proves that. So what would be the twentieth year of his reign? Now, remember, we're B.C., so we got to count down.
0: 445 B.C.
1: 445 B.C., good. So in the 20th year of his reign, so in Nisan, the month of Nisan, 445 B.C., this event is taking place. Well, what happens? Why is Nehemiah so sad in his presence, if you will? And and it says there in verse number 4, Then the king said unto me, for why dost thou make, for what dost thou make request? Why, why are you sad? What is your request? So, Nehemiah, I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if the servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou would send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchers, that I may build it. Oh. Mm-hmm. So now we know in the month of Nisan, 445 B.C., Nehemiah is commissioned to go and rebuild what? Jerusalem. And what does that say over there in Daniel? Mm. Know ye therefore and understand that from going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. Now we know when that commandment was given uh, because obviously the king is going to go ahead and give uh, Nehemiah permission to go rebuild Jerusalem. Uh, uh Jerusalem and the walls and, and by the way that's what the rest of the book of Nehemiah is all about so you go read the rest of Nehemiah and you, you get you know what how that all took place and and everything that happened but here's the key no this happened in 445 BC in the month of Nisan God lays that out for us so that we can put together this 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 puzzle okay so um what happens now? Well, what you got to do here as we start to understand the the uh, the uh, each week is is a uh, seven years. Well, so if you, we're, we'll make this easy, okay. There's 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 there, we we give you very particular about this, uh, and I've done it, um, but let's let's just make it easy if you're listening. Uh, so that you can kind of grab onto this. If you got a piece of paper, uh, what I would ask you to do is uh, get a pen and and write down what I'm about to tell you right now and watch this. Get yourself a calculator. Everybody's got cell phones nowadays, right? Get yourself a calculator and and, and watch how this all unfolds. So if you take 490, uh, which is the uh, amount of time that we're talking about here, and you times it by... Uh, uh, seven. You get three thousand four hundred and thirty. Okay, but here's the key: when the commandment went forth to rebuild Jerusalem, it was seven weeks, and then sixty and two weeks. <laughs> so what's sixty-two plus seven?
0: Sixty-nine.
1: Okay. So now, we're, so we can't take all seventy right now. We just got to figure out what's going on with those first sixty-nine. All right. So now if you take 69 and times it by seven, you get what? 43. 483. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember, Remember. 70 times seven, 490. Mm-hmm. So 483 weeks? Years.
0: Years. Years. <laughs> Makes sense? Yeah. Let me ask you a question real yep. quick while we're on this for those who may have this question as well. Um, so we're saying that... Uh, a week is seven years, biblically speaking. Um, and then we said that the 60 and two weeks, we're counting those as just weeks. So is, am I right? No, no, those are years too. Okay, we are doing that. Oh, yeah. Seven? Oh, look, seven. we just did that, 483. Yep. Okay, good, good. I must have been sleeping gonna <laughs> go. Sorry about that. Okay, <laughs> it's math that I'm, happens. Yeah, it is math. <laughs> it's true. So, I'm leading now. Okay, good. So
1: so the point is is that what I want everyone to understand in that Daniel 9 passages. Um, we are only talking about sixty-nine weeks right now, right? Okay, seven of those weeks, forty-nine years, is what it took for Israel uh, to rebuild Jerusalem and the wall, uh, and then
2: actually the temple, right? Wasn't it forty-nine years for the temple, not not the wall itself?
1: Well, uh, the whole thing, oh, the whole thing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Right, and yep. the temple, the temple is Ezra. Yes, okay, Ezra does that. Yep. Yeah. So, so the, the, the point is. When did the commandment go forth? In Nisan 445 B.C. Yes. The commandment went forth to go rebuild the city and the temple. Yep. Why? Messiah is coming. Yep. We looked at that in the Daniel 9 passage. Okay. So we have 483 years. That's what we're dealing with right now. Now, here's something again. When you're trying to establish time in the Bible— You have to understand that Israel, Jewish, uh, and and the way God sees time is not 365 day years with a leap year every fourth year. No, that's the Gregorian calendar. Jewish time, uh, first of all, it starts at 6 p.m. and ends, you know, first of all, our day starts at 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but secondly, uh, Jewish calendars go by 30 day months. Uh, of 360 day years. That's the reason why Easter Sunday for us in America changes from May to April because our Gregorian calendar keeps shifting. The Jews celebrate uh, uh, the on the 14th of Nisan, the Passover at the same time every year. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: All right, so with all that being said, if we want to understand how things fit, from a biblical standpoint from time aspect then what we need to do is we need to convert from 365 days to 360 days does that make sense yeah okay so with that being said if if we took 360 day day years the jewish way uh, and the biblical way of telling time and we times it by 7 what do you get
0: 2520 2,520.
1: I'm sorry. That should have been by 483. 360? 483 times 360.
2: Right, because we want to know the total number yeah. of days. Right.
0: Right. right. So we're looking at 173,880. Right.
1: So, again, so everyone's listening just in case I lost you. Uh, so if you take 360 days, because there's 360 days in a year, and we times it by 483 years to get the total amount of days that we're talking about that would take up 69 weeks biblically, it would be 173,880 days. So from when in Nisan 445 B.C., when the commandment went forth to rebuild Jerusalem unto the coming of Messiah the Prince, because that's what it says over there in in the Daniel 20, uh, I think it's uh, verse 25, Mm -hmm. it's going to be, 69 weeks, 483 years,
0: 173,880
1: days. Got it. Yep. My brain hurts now. So if you did this and you counted it, okay, and I've done it, guess when the 173,880 days ends? On the 10th of Nisan, 32 A.D. What happened on the tenth of Nisan, thirty-two A.D. Right, triumphal entry. Jesus Christ got on the back of a donkey and presented himself as the Siam. spotless lamb. Yeah. To, mm. mm-hmm. and so you remember uh, in Luke nineteen. Do you remember when Jesus rides in there, Jim? Read, 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 read for those verses for us.
2: Yeah. So I'm in uh, Luke nineteen. Uh, we'll start in verse thirty-seven. And talking about Jesus, And when he was come nigh, even now, at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would
3: immediately cry out.
1: So, why did he say that?
3: Fulfilling prophecy. Yes.
1: Prophecy was being fulfilled. Daniel's tw- 70 week prophecy fulfilled the exact day the Messiah was to ride in. Do you remember how many times they wanted to make Jesus king and he said, My time has not yet come? Mm-hmm. But then, all of a sudden, on this specific day, Jesus
0: arranges. For it to happen. They why? Start crying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Well, yeah. that's because, as Paul says in the gospel, in First Corinthians 15, it had to be according to Scripture. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Every jot, every tittle, every piece, every prophecy. That's yeah. why those seven feasts are right. so
1: important to understand. By the way, if you pay attention to those seven feasts, you'll understand if, if Jesus rode in on the 10th of Nisan and he was to be killed as the Passover lamb on the 14th of Nisan, it doesn't take much to go. Oh, the tenth was a Sunday. The eleventh mm-hmm. was a Monday. The twelfth was a Tuesday. The thirteenth was a Wednesday. Uh-oh. Fourteenth mm-hmm. was a Thursday. What happened to Good Friday? Hmm.
0: <laughs> so go anymore. ahead and go
1: ahead and go 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 ahead and play <laughs> with that for you know. But the one true church has got that figured out, right? Right. They can't even get when Jesus died on a cross figured out, and they're calling it a Good Friday. There was nothing good that happened on Friday. Jesus, the God's Son, got crucified on a Roman cross. Nothing good happened. Right. Uh, anyways, yeah. uh, you see, we look at it from our perspective. Yeah. And we we think that's good. Uh, anyways, that's a different subject for a different time. Anyways, point being, so what happens is here in this passage uh, of Daniel it is calling the exact day that Jesus is going to ride in 173,880 days later.
2: Uh, and, and by the way, man wrote this book,
1: right? Mm-mm.
2: Come on. Yeah.
0: Now,
1: if you really, if you're kind of going, oh yeah, I'm not going to sit there and and, and add up 170. Uh, how do you know you're right? Well, let's let's do this. Let's 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 try this out. Take 173,880, okay, and divide it by 365, the Gregorian calendar. Uh, now, listen, I get it. Every fourth year, there's an added day, things to that matter. This is going to get us close enough where we're going to see.
0: Yeah, we're looking at four
1: hundred and seventy six.
0: Four hundred and seventy six. And some decimals there.
1: So let's start let's start at four forty five B C and minus four seventy six.
0: That's a difference of thirty one.
1: Okay. Now what you need to know Mm -hmm. is that when you go from B C to A D,
0: there's a year there. Right? Is there not?
1: Yeah, or right, a because... A year zero. So there is no right, year zero. zero. <laughs> yeah. So so you So, so if the, if, it, if it says 31, you got to add one. Yeah. What do you got?
0: That'd be 32.
1: Oh. Two, two, so there you go. Mm. The 69 week started in 445 BC and it ended in 32. And what month was it?
0: Nissan. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Look at that. Man did that, right, Jim? Yeah.
2: <laughs> No, (laughs) not the smartest man on earth could ever do that.
1: Hey, listen, all I can say is this. This is what I would call Hebrews 11. Yes. Evidence. Yep. People uh, say all the time, well, how do you know Christianity? Yeah, yeah, you got to take Christianity and the Bible on faith. Uh, Here's the beautiful thing that I love about God. Jesus tells us things before they come to pass Mm. so that when they come to pass, we know we know he's Amen. he's the, you know uh, revelation 1910 mm. says mm-hmm. the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy he is the only one that would even dare put prophecy in his book mm. to prove who he is. Yeah. Buddha never did that. Uh, you know uh, Allah never did that. Uh, none of them ever did it. Jesus did it. Yeah. Why because it's the foolproof evidence of who he is. Uh and and uh, you know here's just one instance that is just really truthfully a mind blower, it really is.
3: So uh, you got from Daniel nine twenty five. Just want inter- to in interject here, just so people know scripturally where we're at. Go back to Nehemiah chapter two verses one through eight, and when you break down the numbers and the math, it takes you to that triumphal entry of Jesus, right? And that's fulfilling Zechariah nine nine. Yes. Yes. Right. Yep. Yep.
1: yep. And again. This is why rightly dividing, letting God interpret his own book is so important. We everything we just did right now was not my opinion. It's not what I made the scripture. No, we just took what it said and we went with it. And God just just solved everything. What are the weeks? Well, the weeks are seven years. What 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 who's this written to? It's written to Israel. Who, who what's the holy city? It's 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 Jerusalem. When's he gonna, when, when, when is it going to start? Well, Nehemiah 2 tells us. In the 20th year of Artaxerxes reign in the month of Nassan. When's the 69 weeks end? Well, ironically, it ends on Nassan tenth 32 AD. The triumphal I, I, I didn't make that up. Did you make that up, Robert? Did you make oh, that no. up, Chris? Oh, no? scripture with scripture. All we did is just compare scripture with scripture and let God interpret it for us. We didn't have to insert anything. We didn't have to insert our ideas. We didn't have to go, that's my interpretation. No. That is what it says, and that is what you come up with when you do the math.
2: And, and nothing there about the Gentiles, nothing there about the church. Not a thing. We're nowhere to be found.
1: Not a thing. All right, so let's go back to that Daniel 9 passage now, and let's kind of finish up. All right, so when the city is built, and uh, and by the way, it was going to be built even in troublous times, mm-hmm. and was... was, was Nehemiah and, and Ezra, when they rebuilt the, 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 the city and the temple in, in troublous times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were in, in captivity. captivity to the Medio Persian Empire. Right. So, yes, that's what he's talking about there. Uh, this is going to take place in troublous times. And then it says that after the 62 weeks, uh, uh, uh you know, it, it says that Messiah the Prince is coming. Okay. And then after 62 weeks, Messiah would be. Cut off. Mm -hmm. Okay, now now if you're listening, that's a another way of saying killed. He's going to be killed. And by the way, just in case you didn't know, but not for himself. Mm. Did did Jesus die on that cross for himself? Mm -hmm. No. No. Was he cut off? Mm -hmm. He most certainly was. After how many weeks?
3: Sixty nine.
0: Sixty nine weeks. Amen.
3: Okay.
1: And then notice. And this is why you got to love your King James Bible. Yes, this is why you got to love what God preserved for us, as He promised He would in Psalm 12, 6, and seven. He promised He would preserve this word for this generation and forever. And I promise you, we have His word, and we, we, we and in every jot and tittle matters. And in this passage right here, what do you, what do, you, what is that little thing you see right there? If you got a King James Bible, what do you see right after where it says cut off?
2: I think it's a, a colon.
1: Colon. Right, is that what it is? Right there, where it says, "But not for himself." Amen. And you got a colon right there.
0: Yep. Mm.
1: Okay. What's the colon in the English language? What does a colon mean?
0: So, second part. There's more to
1: it. Yes. Right, but there's a there's a stop, and then there's a second part to this. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting yeah. Inter- Inter- interval, yeah. It's
1: it's the interval that we've been telling everybody about. That's <laughs> where we live now. Yeah.
2: You know what? It's it, it's like it's, it's separating two clauses in which the second expands the illustration of the first. Yes, but it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing. Did you read that in my book? Man, you know what? I just recalled that. So uh, <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> no, perfect. That's what that's what it is in the English language. So God puts that there for us to say, "Hey, I want you to notice something." There's going to be an interval between the 69th and the 70th week. Okay? Now, just, just stop and think for a second. Okay? Jesus, a, uh, a couple days, uh, if I remember correctly, it was on a Monday, maybe even a Tuesday before the week of his crucifixion. Okay? He's he's talking to his disciples up in the Mount of uh, Olives. Uh, In Matthew chapter 24, Mm -hmm. he's talking to his disciples and his disciples come to him and they ask him some very important questions that truthfully blows my mind that we don't pay attention to. (laughs) Okay, because the question that they ask him is, what's going to be the sign of your coming and when's going to be the end of the world? Mm
2: -hmm. And something happens there. Yeah, the next verse. He he, answers. he, he actually answers them, right? <laughs> yeah, He
1: actually answered them. And and it's it's mind-blowing to me how anybody could come up with anything else. than uh, the, Listen, you want to know what's going to happen? When this is all going down? Just let Jesus tell you. Would he not know? Hmm. I tell you things before they come to pass so that when they come to pass, you might believe. I would say Jesus is going to know when these things are going to happen. And he answers them. And although I would like to take the time to start to run through the answer, just know this for right now. What he what Jesus is doing is he's laying out the for the seven seals of Revelation chapter six and seven, or six, excuse me. That's what he's doing. So he says, When you shall see uh what what what's the Chris? Can you read for me? What is it? Verse three, maybe? Verse three
3: in Matthew 24? Yeah, I think so. Oh, uh, That's where it starts, where he, they get the question. questions go, are asked. Go ahead, read it. All right, Matthew 24, verse 3 says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, 'Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Go ahead, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many.
1: That's the first seal. Mm-hmm. The and first you, seal of Revelation 6 is the Antichrist. Many are going to come in my name, saying that I am. Okay, good. The Christ, yep. Uh, the the second seal. Before you read it, let me just let me just say it. Is uh, there will be wars mm-hmm. and rumors of wars. Go ahead. What 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 does that say there in Matthew twenty four?
3: And you shall hear wars of wars and rumors of wars. Uh, see that you be troubled not, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Yep, keep going. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes. That's seal and, number three. That's the next one. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. And that's seal
1: number four. All these are the beginning of sorrows, which means those first four seals are going to take place in the first half of the tribulation period. Right. Look at how, look at how Jesus is breaking this down for us and explaining the tribulation period to us. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. and Now read. What, what does he say next?
3: Then shall uh, they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So who is he talking to? To the Jews. He's talking to the Jews. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many.
1: And that's Revelation 13, the false prophets going yeah. to rise.
3: And, in, but, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. We could get into that verse. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at that. He Mm -hmm. that endures
1: to the end, the same shall be saved. Well, that's in the tribulation period. Where's the church, Chris? It's not in there. I wonder if if that's relevant or important.
3: It may have created a few false doctrines. Yeah, a few. And this gospel of the kingdom, and he's talking about the kingdom of God, or a kingdom of heaven, shall be... so,
1: So he's not talking about the church age. No. He's talking about the coming of the coming of the king and the
3: kingdom of, of the millennial kingdom. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Context oh. is everything. Yeah, I think so. And that's the gospel of, of, that's going to be preached during mm-hmm. that time. Uh, it shall be preached in all the world Not, for, for a witness unto nations. Now and remember, shall, all, of this,
1: all of this is the beginning of sorrows, which is after the first four seals of revelation.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're in the tribulation period. Okay. We're in the and, and the first four seals have been mentioned. And now watch. What you can, go ahead.
3: All right, so now it gets uh, it gets really good here in verse 15. It says, uh, Jesus still speaking, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation mm. spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Do mm. you want me to keep going? No, that's good. So, okay, that's the key verse. So right
1: here we are now. The first four uh, seals are going to take place in the first half of the tribulation. In the middle of the tribulation period, if we were to go to the book of Revelation right now, we'll see that what the Antichrist is going to do is he's going to step into the rebuilt third temple and he's going to desecrate it. The abomination of desolation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where are we getting that from? Mm -hmm. Well, you go back to that Daniel 9 passage, okay, and, and, and it says, remember now what comes after the semicolon? And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Okay. Who's the people of the prince that shall come?
0: Well, when you look at the the prince in verse 25 and the prince in verse 26, the prince in verse 25 is a capital P. So that's 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 Messiah. Messiah. The prince in verse 26 is a lowercase p. Yes. Okay.
1: When did... When did... The city of Jerusalem and the temple where Jesus stood, when did that get destroyed? In
3: 70,
2: 70 AD.
1: AD. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. But Jesus died on the cross in 32. Hmm. So if, if this was a, if this, there wasn't a comma, <laughs> a hold, a stop clock, if you will, well, then this would have ended in 39 AD. Yeah, it did, The city and the sanctuary weren't destroyed till 70 A.D. So mm-hmm. obviously something is going on here. When Jesus died on that cross, when Messiah died on that cross, there was a stop. Mm-hmm. What happened here? Well, so by the way, who destroyed the city and the sanctuary?
3: Titus, 70 A.D. And who is he? Rome. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Who, so who destroyed it? Rome right. did, yeah. and it says, "And the people of the prince that shall come, right? The people, Romans, are the Romans, other. So get this now, okay? This is very, very. Remember when we talked about those uh, four: uh, uh, the, the, the Babylon, Media, Persia, um, uh, Greece, and Rome. Mm-hmm. Remember how we talked about the great image had uh, gold and silver and." brass and and legs well there was also 10 toes toes right that came off those legs what are those 10 toes Mm -hmm. well if you were to compare scripture with scripture revelation and we're going to do more of this next time uh but if you were to uh compare scripture with scripture what you'll find out is what's going to come off of the toes and come out of the legs is the roman empire The Roman Empire is going to be revived, if you will. And that is the people of the prince that shall come. The Antichrist is when he rises, he is going to take control of the revived Roman Empire. And you say, well, revived Roman Empire? What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Uh, Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's why we better keep our eyes on the Roman Roman Catholic Church. And I'm not trying to be uh, that guy, but I am saying this. Understand. The first three, uh, Media Persia—I'm sorry, Babylon, Media Persia, and Greece—Daniel lets us know in chapter two and chapter seven that those first three, they're going to end. But the fourth one's diverse from the other ones. There was something special about the fourth one. That fourth one, of course, being the Roman Empire, that it wasn't going to end. It was going to actually subdue all things. Here's the unique thing about the Roman Empire. Although the political Roman Empire fell in 476 AD, what took place right after political Rome fell apart was the Holy Roman Empire, uh, which it would become to be known uh, a couple hundred years later, formed, it started to form itself, and where political Rome was no longer uh, in control, religious Rome. Yeah. Took control,
2: yeah. Papal, papal, right,
1: right. right. and by the way, that's when the first pope was. Yep. Uh, just if we're going to let history, I love, I love, I love it. All right. Facts mm. are a stubborn thing, <laughs> and the facts are the first pope was somewhere around four seventy six A. D. That's the facts. Um, the evidence, historical evidence, proves. Anyways, so what's going to happen is. The Antichrist is going to uh, arise, and he is going to uh, 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 take control over the Roman Empire. Because listen, all of this would have taken place at the end, near the end of Jesus's life, if the Jews would have accepted him as Messiah. This is why there's a gap. This is why making sure you understand Acts chapter one through seven so very important. Because if the Jews would have accepted Jesus as their Messiah, then we would have moved into the 70th week of Daniel. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. And you say, well, what are you talking about? Well, that's why Jesus says John the Baptist would have been Elijah. Yeah. Right? So therefore, who who would have been Antichrist? Well, we could take our time right now and we could talk about how Judas Iscariot is Antichrist. We could do that, but we won't. But Judas Iscariot what it was a type of Antichrist. We we'll we'll, we'll say right. that for right now. He mm-hmm. was
0: called a devil. Yeah,
1: so who was in control at the time? Rome. All these things have mm-hmm. to be in place for the 70th week of Daniel to come to pass. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen in the in the 70th week of Daniel? Revelation chapter six through nineteen. That is the 70th week of Daniel, right there. There's, there's by the way, isn't it interesting that God lays that out for us? in the fact that that, that that there's three and a half years and three and a half years? Yeah. If you look at Revelation, he lays it out for us like that. Right. Well, what's three and a half years? 42 months. Right. Times two. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure my math says that's seven years. Why? It's the 70th week of Daniel. <laughs> okay? And so uh, uh, that's what the book of Revelation is all about, uh, chapter 6 through 19. Jesus, in Matthew 24, laid out, What's going to happen when those seven seals are unleashed during the seven-year tribulation? By the way, you need to understand the book of Revelation is telling the story four different times, okay? So it's not seven seals, seven trumpets, seven uh, uh, vials in, 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 in a timeline, no, the seven seals overlap with the seven trumpets, overlap with the seven vials, which overlap with the seven personages, Revelation chapter 11 and 12. Mm. Okay, It's the telling of the story four times. And people say, oh, no, come on. Okay. Uh, again, let the Bible be the Bible and let it tell the truth. How many times did the Bible tell us about Jesus' first coming? Yeah, four well, times. And we call that? The Gospels. The Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> well, guess what? The Bible's going to tell us about Jesus' second coming four times. Mm-hmm. That's how God works, man. He always works in proving himself to the, to, to in, in the Bible. But it says here, And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. And then it says, And he, the prince that shall come, shall confirm the covenant with many for how long?
3: For a week. For one week. week. Mm-hmm.
1: Seven years. So the he is the prince that shall come, which we compare scripture to scripture is who?
3: That prince is the Antichrist. Is right? the Antichrist.
1: And now look what it says. And in the midst of the week, yep. what would be the midst of seven years? Three and a half years. Yep. Okay. He shall cause the sacrifice and the ablation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate.
3: And what did Jesus say? That's what he was referring to. When
1: you shall see, therefore, the abominations of desolations as spoken by Daniel the prophet. So when did this take place?
3: This has not taken place yet. It has yet. not taken no. place.
1: This has not happened yet mm-hmm. because the tribulation has not begun yet. So if you go to Matthew 24 and try to insert that into the here and now, you're done messed up as to the Jews, in the tribulation has nothing to do with the church. So there's a bunch of passages over there in Matthew 24 that we have applied to the church, like you can lose your salvation, like mm-hmm. if we just need to bring the gospel to everybody, to every nation, and then Jesus will come mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. That's where we get amillennialism and, and, and postmillennialism, and we can bring in the the... The, the, whole Roman, yeah, we, the whole Roman, yeah, uh, the uh, whole Roman Catholicism is 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 the church. When the church brings in the kingdom, then Jesus will come. All that stuff, no, 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 no. The Bible is very, very clear on how all of this things panned out, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with the church. It has nothing to do with us, the Gentiles. It has everything to do with the Jews. And and Daniel's seventieth week, by the way, uh, has not happened yet. Mm-hmm. Why? Why hasn't it happened yet? Because the church is still here, the right. interval is still going on, and as long as the church is here, the seventieth week will not begin. What is it that is going to make the seventieth week begin? The church needs to be removed. When does that happen?
3: At the rapture. As the fifth
1: feast. when the trumpet sounds. Right. Because the trumpets are going to sound. What? What are the trumpets? For war. The, you know, most people look at the, that that trumpet of uh, First Thessalonians four, and they'll, they'll they'll try to compare it with Revelation, the seven trumpets, and they'll say, "Oh, you see, at the last trump, there, the seventh, with the seventh trump sounds." No, time out! No, 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 no. That has nothing to do with nothing. Okay, those seven trumpets have to do with God executing His wrath on planet Earth. That's what those seven trump. They do not have to do with uh, uh, the church being raptured out. You say, well, what what is what is the trumpet we hear? Well, if you went back into the Old Testament, you let the Old Testament teach you a little bit, you'll find out over there in Numbers, I believe, is chapter ten. I could be wrong, but I, somewhere there in Numbers, you'll find that there was two blowing of silver trumpets. Uh-huh. Okay, the first, watch, right. The first blowing of the trumpet was the gathering of the assembly. Uh-huh. What are we called?
0: Assembly, the church, e-
1: ecclesia. And the second trumpet was blown because we're going to war. So, what are the tr- now? Now we can apply that to um, the, uh, the 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 passage in First Thessalonians four, right? Because what happens when the first trumpet sounds? Okay, what happens? God is gathering His assembly, and then at the end of of, of the tribulation period, Revelation nineteen, right? Who's he coming back with? His church. To go to what? War. War. Armageddon. Mm -hmm. Where is the church?
3: During that time?
1: The church is in heaven. Yep. During the seven-year tribulation. Yep. The the church actually, technically, if we really want to get down to it, is going through what's called the judgment seat of Christ. Right. Okay. So, uh, again, this stuff is, and I know I took up a lot of the time here, but, man, I just really wanted to make sure we got this down. This is vital to understanding, mm. and, and and here's the thing, guys. I, I hope I hope you all would agree. This was not my, one Baptist churches, or 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 any anything like that opinion. Uh, this is what it says. Mm-hmm. This is what it says.
3: So we've effectively covered Daniel nine twenty four through twenty six, going into twenty seven, and we've established then who this prophecy is for. It's for Israel and the Jews. And we've established that at 69 weeks, we mathematically broke it down. Mm-hmm. We talked about Jesus coming in and uh, the triumphal entry. We've got the scripture with scripture to prove all of that. We've we've now entered into the time where we understand that there were 69 weeks, the week of years. We got all that. We know that that's been all fulfilled. The interval is now in place where we live now today, the church age, and that there is the fulfillment of that last week still yet to come. And that's what we're going to be talking about next time, right? Which the fifth, tr- the fifth
1: feast of the Lord, Mm-hmm. Has not taken place yet. Right. The fifth, the fifth feast of the Lord, is the interval, or or or, or is on hold, while we're waiting for when the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think Jesus says it that way it over does. there in Luke twenty-four. Yep. Right. When the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled, the fifth feast of the Lord, the trumpet's going to sound. Yes, the church gets something out of it. We're raptured out, mm-hmm. but don't miss the other part of that because it's a Jewish feast. Why is the church raptured out? Because mm-hmm. God is turning His attention back to the Jew, and now we enter into Daniel's seventieth week, and and all of Revelation, uh, chapter six through nineteen, starts to take place. And next week, uh, that's what we're going to hit. Uh, you don't want to miss it, man, because we're going to finish putting this puzzle together, man. And and if you take these three uh, podcasts and you just really plant yourself there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shamelessly plug the book once again <laughs> and grab the book, The Revealing Man, and start letting scripture teach you. Oh, man, God lays out a beautiful picture mm-hmm. and you can't mess with this picture. He won't let you unless you are just arrogant enough Mm. to put yourself in there and tell God what you think it should have said instead of God just telling you what it actually
0: said. All right, so if you are still with us, then you deserve a gold star. (laughs) Thanks for uh, hanging in with us. We know that was a lot, but, uh, man, like Pastor Frank just said, uh, we just line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. We put these things together, rightly divide the word. So please do join us next next time as we uh, talk about, as Chris said, that uh, that 70th week there in particular. Uh, looking forward to that, and until next time. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor, Frank Salvaggio. Associate Pastor, Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.com. Dot world or email us info at onebaptistjax.world.